We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. The show today presented by MyBookie. Go to MyBookie.com, MyBookie.ag. Use my promo code KevinDC, and they will match your first deposit dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. They're going to double it all the way up to 1000 bucks. You will double the amount in your account uh, to bet with. Uh, football season uh, will be here before we know it. Um, all of the preseason props are up. They've got week one lines up. They've got week two NFL lines up. Washington's a two-point favorite over Detroit in week two if you want to venture from early August into early September to make a wager. Uh, but my bookie's got it all. Fair point spreads, fair pricing, a comprehensive sports book, also an excellent online casino. Uh, go to mybookie.ag or mybookie.com. Use my promo code KevinDC to get the benefit of a doubling of your deposit uh, all the way up to a thousand bucks. So I am taking some time off. So what you're hearing here are two interviews. Uh, that I did earlier in the week, one of which aired on radio that you're going to hear a significant amount of it, the interview that I did with Washington Commanders Offensive Coordinator Scott Turner, and the other interview that I did with my good friend J.I. Halsell, J.I., longtime NFL agent, former salary cap analyst for uh, the Skins, And I talked to him earlier in the week about the Kyler Murray situation, which is an odd situation um, for sure. Uh, They put that addendum into his contract, the independent study addendum into his contract, then they pulled it. Um, And I uh, wanted to uh, get J.I.'s thoughts on that. He's an NFL agent currently, so you'll hear that interview on the show uh, as well. But we will start... Um, with my conversation earlier in the week with Washington offensive coordinator Scott Turner. Scott Turner, of course, is the offensive coordinator for the team. He joins us right now. Uh, Scott, thanks so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. few days into camp following what was really your first normal offseason since you got here. What's your early gut on what the offense is going to look like in 2022? Um, you know, I'm really excited about this group. Uh, I think we had a really good off season. Um, you know, this is something, you know, talking about, you know, coming in here with Coach Rivera uh, in 2020. And, um, you know, obviously, you know, you kind of alluded to it. You know, we've dealt with some um, some interesting circumstances, but, you know, everybody else has. 
Um, you know, everybody in the league has dealt with, dealt with some different things. Um, and, um, you know, we've kind of built it, we're building up this team and, and, you know, coach and we've all, you know, built this roster up. And I feel like, you know, we're, we're getting to a good place and, uh, we got a good, you know, good group of, of young, talented guys and, uh, they're coming together, working together. And I feel like we're getting better every day. All right. Let's not bury the lead. How's Carson Wentz doing so far? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that didn't take long to get to that. <laughs> no, I, uh, Carson. Carson's doing great, you know. Um, you know, I've really been impressed with him. Um, enjoyed working with him, you know, since uh, you know since he got in the building um, this off season. Um, you know, just getting to know him, uh, obviously as a player, and then just as a person as well, and just kind of what makes him tick. Um, you know, and and he's a you know he's a very talented quarterback. I think you know everybody knows that. Um, takes a lot of pride um, in what he does, and he you know he really wants to be great, and, and uh, really really works at it, and. We, um, you know, he's, he's taken to, you know, learning our system. It's different than any, you know, kind of any system, at least verbiage wise, uh, that he's ever been around. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's really doing a great job of, of mastering that, uh, and, you know, building a relationship with his teammates. Um, and you see it, uh, you see it on the field and he's, he's making a lot of plays. Um, and I think, you know, he's just getting, he's just getting better and better. And, and we're getting to know each other, you know, you know, myself as a play caller. Um, and you know him as a quarterback. You know you want you really want to be in unison. Um, and I think we're 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 take, making strides uh, in that direction. Is there always, no matter how veteran the quarterback is, is there always a learning curve when you end up in a new place with a new system and new verbiage? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's degrees of it for sure. Um, you know, when you do have a veteran guy, um, you know, like Carson, uh, I think. It, it can be, it's a little shorter, um, then obviously if you, you know, you draft a rookie that, you know, doesn't have any uh, NFL experience, um, or, you know, never been in a huddle, you know, a lot of these guys you get they're they're all, you know, spread guys, everything's, uh, everything, no huddle, um, and all that. Uh, but, you know, there, there's always, it, it's, you know, a little bit, I mean, it's like learning a new language, you know, I mean, there's, there's concepts that he's run, um, that he's been familiar with, um, uh, but we call it something totally different than what, you know, that we, what he called it, um, in the past and, you know, just learning that and, um, you know, all the, all the different things that go along with it. Uh, but like I said, I mean, he, you know, he had a great introduction to that this off season, he had time, uh, over the summer, um, to study it on his own. And, um, he's been outstanding, uh, throughout the course of, uh, uh, this whole process. Is it hard to know before you play an actual game in the regular season, how comfortable he is and how ready he is? Um, you know, I think you can have a pretty good idea. Like, um, you know, I've been in situations like this in the past. Um, and you know, you, you feel, you, you know, I mean, there's times where you're going to the race season and you're like, yeah, you're not really sure. Um, and it kind of plays out that way, you know, that it's a little bit more hit or miss. And, and then you go, um, you have other situations where you're like, Hey, this guy's got it nailed. Um, he'll do great. Um, and, and and that's how really it plays out. I mean, not that you're always right, and not that there's not always going to be some hiccups. I mean, it doesn't matter how long you've been in the system. I mean, this league is challenging. Uh, there's a lot of really good uh, defensive coaches, a lot of good defensive players. 
Um, so you're going to have issues. You're going to have adversity. Um, and, but really, that's what, what, what this uh, this league's about. Yeah, so what you just said, you know, you've been around enough. You've got a sense we're going to be okay, you know, when we get to Jacksonville on September 11th. Or, you know, it may be, you know, uh, a work in progress. So at this point, and it's super early, it's, you know, it's it's August 1st. Do you have a gut on where, you know, on how you feel, you know, how you'll feel when you get within a week or so of the season opener? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have a gut. I, I, I got feel for it, and I, I'm excited. I think that he's going to – I think he'll be great. Um, I think when we get to that point, like the comfort level between myself and Carson and Carson and the rest of his teammates will only be uh, that much better than it is right now. Um, we'll have a feel for um, – I mean, we already have a feel, but we have a better feel of – you know, the things he does well, the things that um, maybe he doesn't do, you know, quite as well, um, and, you know, kind of how we want to construct individual game. A lot of it depends on uh, the opponent and, you know, the type of defense and what they're going to, you know, the types of things that they do schematically. Um, but, no, I, th- I think that we're going to be, you know, better than fine, and uh, I'm excited about you know, the opportunity for our team. You've seen up close, whether as a coach or as your father's son, some really talented teams, offensive teams in your lifetime. The Cowboy teams that he coached with Troy Emmett and Michael on the 99 team here with Brad Johnson, some of those explosive Charger teams uh, that he was the coach of. You know what one looks like, a, a really talented offensive team. Describe the overall offensive talent on this team. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm not really big into comparisons. Um, I do, I totally understand uh, what you're saying. Um, you know, just talking about our guys, I think we got a good group of receivers. Uh, we got a good group of guys that um, kind of have different skill sets, uh, guys that, you know, um, can do different things. You know, obviously, you got guys like Terry that is going to get separation and go get the ball. Uh, very, very competitive, very tough. Um, you know, we got a young guy, uh, Jahan, who is, uh, you know, quick. You know, you can move him around a lot of different spots, really good ball skills. Um, you know, Curtis, you know, he's kind of a, a Swiss Army knife. He can do a lot of different things. And then, you know, Diami, second-year player that's, uh, you know, a speed guy, deep threat, but, but a little bit of a bigger, a little bit more size. Um, and he's really, you know, I think he's really ready to take a step, uh, you know, take that next step. And then, you know, Cam Sims, who's a – you know, bigger, more physical, um, you know, contested catch, uh, high point player who's, who stepped up for us big over the last two years, um, in times, in times that we've, we've needed him. Um, you know, the tight end position, you know, right now with Logan, um, he's coming back from the injury. I think, you know, he'll be back. Um, he'll be back at some point. If it's not the, at the very beginning of the season, it'll be, it'll be very soon. Um, you know, John Bates, uh, you know, he really, he stepped up for us last year and, um, you know, he's only a second year guy, but he, he, the way he acts and carries himself, it's like a eight year pro, you know, and then, um, you know, we got some younger guys in tight position and then at running back, uh, really excited about our running backs, uh, Antonio, you know, rushing for a thousand yards last season, um, you know, still, still relatively new to the position. Um, and he's only getting better and better. Uh, everybody, you know, knows about Judy McKissick and what he brings to us, uh, is in, on third downs as well as just the passing game. And, um, you know, as a as a back handing the ball, uh, and then Brian Robinson, I think uh, everyone's excited about him. You know, drafting him and you know someone that's you know a, a solid accomplishment between the tackles runner um, and kind of take the load off of AG a little bit. 
you know, and you know, I think that that those three guys combination is going to be a, a really good backfield. So, you know, we got guys that we can spread the ball out to. Obviously, we, we just spent a lot of time talking about Carson. So, um, you know, with with that group overall, um, you know, you got some guys that are going to uh, going to make some plays. You know, and they're going to be able to do different things to complement each other. Um, and we don't, you know, we don't have. I mean, you know, obviously we know about Terry, but we don't have. You know, and that's been the deal with Terry. You know, we've really leaned on him the last few years and um, kind of take some pressure off of him and, and open some stuff up for him, you know, with this group of guys that now we have around him. You know, you just went through a long list of players, and I think a lot of coaches will do that this time of year. But you went through the list of players that I think from afar all of us have some high expectations of as well. And and that was, you know, the fact that that was a lengthy answer is a good thing, um, that you're excited that you can name that many players. I, I want to know from you, outside of all the guys you mentioned, you know, the guys we have high expectations of from, from the outside looking in, Terry, you know, uh, Antonio, J.D., uh, Logan, hopefully when he's healthy, John. Um, Diami, I know that you guys really had high expectations for him when you drafted him. Give me a player or two that you think will surprise us. Somebody that maybe we don't have any expectations of that you guys know will end up being a contributor. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I listed, um, you know, a, a lot of guys, uh, you know, there, and, and I think you're going to get contributions for a lot of them. Um, you know, we, we got guys, obviously, Dax Milne, who contributed last year for us at times. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that could potentially um, make a step uh, in the, you know, in the, in the coming year. Um, but, you know, really, that, that collection, that group um, that I went through earlier, that's where we're expecting, you know, a lot, a lot to come from. Um, I did not, the, the other name that I think might surprise us, and I think this might be the, the more the answer that you're talking about is a guy like Cole Turner, you know, that we drafted in the, in the fifth round, um, from Nevada. Um, and, you know, he's a guy that's a big target that, um, I think can really help us in the passing game. So I wanted to get your thoughts on a few players, uh, specifically. And I want to start with two guys who, when I listened to you last year in your weekly press conference and I had Ron on the radio show each week, um, I had this sense listening to both of you that the losses of Logan Thomas and J.D. McKissick were huge uh, and impactful to what maybe you guys thought could have been a longer run um, after your four-game winning streak. Give me, you know, give me a minute on both of those guys and, and what your expectations are from both of them, you know, assuming and hopefully uh, with both of them 100% healthy. Yeah, I mean, Logan, starting off with Logan, uh, you know, missed, we lost him for, you know, a couple different reasons throughout the course of the season. Uh, he's just a really friendly target. He's easy to throw to for the quarterback. Um, you know, obviously he's so big, uh, he'll go get up and get the ball. Um, you know, that, that really helps a quarterback. Um, so just not having him out there, it's a security blanket. And then the other half or part of that security blanket is JD, um, you know, out of the backfield. Um, really smart player, understands, um, you know, finding those openings um, to where the quarterback can get the ball out of his hand. So, hey, you, you know, uh, we're trying to push the ball down the field. The contest's not open down the field. Hey, you know, let's, let, me, let me get the ball out of my hand, you know, get a 5-10 yard gain. Um, and, and just not having him there, uh, those two guys are really kind of 
the, you know, the quarterback's best friend that we have and, and, and losing them both and really around the same time at the end of the season, that, that was tough and that, uh, that hurt us. What's the best Antonio Gibson can be as an NFL back? You know, I'm not going to put any limitations on him because you're talking about a guy that had 33 carries coming out of college um, and has really carried the load for us now two years in a row, and you just see him getting better and better. Um, He needs to obviously, um, you know, take care of the the ball security issues. You know, we can't have the ball on the ground. Uh, And, you know, that that end of the year last year, you really saw – you know, his vision is continuing to get better. And the more reps he has, um, the better he's going to be. And he's just seeing it over and over again. And, and that's, uh, that's really, um, that's really where he can go because you talk about he's 230 pounds. Um, you know, he's, he's a, you know, four, four, or close to being a sub four, four guy. Uh, he's hard to tackle, you know, and when he decides when he puts his foot in the ground, he can run through tackles. And then, and then, you know, he also is, uh, he can do a lot of things in the, in the passing game as well. Um, you know, he's got, he's got that background. So, uh, I just, I think that, you know, the, the sky's the limit for Antonio and, and we're just kind of seeing him scratch the surface. Couple more and I'll let you run. I appreciate the time. You know, um, you're one of the people in the organization that remembers what it used to be. You know, you, uh, your father was here for the last years of RFK from, you know, 94 through 96. And uh, you probably went to games in RFK. You were there for, for I'm sure, the first game at FedEx Field, which uh, your father coached and Gus Farratt threw a touchdown pass to Michael Westbrook in overtime to beat the Cardinals. What are some of your memories? Um, give me the, 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 your favorite memory of your father's teams here and one that was, really a killer for you and the rest of the family yeah um i, I mean there, there's so many um you know he's head coach here for seven seasons or you know almost seven seasons uh but i i remember it clear as day um you know watching michael westbrook um you know score the touchdown um you know and it, it, the problem is you you remember the bad one way more than the good <laughs> uh you know winning the winning winning the division in 99 uh you talked about already you know how good they were offensively. They're number two offense in the league that year, behind uh, you know the greatest show on turf. Um, that was a lot of fun. Just that that whole year, um, and I remember um, you know I wasn't at the game, but I remember watching the game at home uh, when they beat San Francisco, and you know Larry Sanders scored a touchdown to to clinch the division, and that was a that was a huge moment. Um, you know, getting to the playoffs for the first time for my, for my dad as a head coach, um, and then um, and then you know the, the negative ones uh, were. You know, later later in that year, um, you know the way the way we lost that game uh, to Tampa right. uh, in the divisional round, being up thirteen nothing, and and then you know not having a chance to see the ball in the air with a bad snap um, on the field goal. And I was I was a you know I was seventeen, I was a junior in high school, and I was standing on the sideline, and you know that was tough, and that, you know because really felt good about you know that we had a chance to go to the NFC Championship game um, there, and then you know the the next year was was really tough, and you know. Uh, we had, you know, Brad. I mean, Brad gotten hurt, and Jeff George was playing, and uh, you know, beat the Rams on Monday Night Football, um, and and you know, we, you know, had a good team, and then lost those two really close games back to back to uh, the Giants and the Eagles, yeah. and then yeah, and then you know, and then and then my dad getting fired. I mean, that you know, that was tough. Uh, you know, being a senior in high school and and, and dealing and dealing with that, and just and, and not so much for me. 
uh, just, you know, watching my dad go through that because I know how much he puts into it and, um, you know, just how disappointing I know, disappointing he was um, that it didn't, you know, that it didn't work out. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, stuff that's, you know, obviously been in the past. And, um, you know, I think that, uh, like you said, like, I, you know, I remember what it, what it used to be like here. And, and I think that um, Coach Rivera and, you know, the people in this building and, and our players and, and what we, you know, what we're working towards that, you know, we can get this thing going again and, and get it back to, uh, get it back to, you know, what, what it used to be like and, you know, um, you know, get the area and just the community, you know, get them, get them back um, around the, the team and um, get some excitement in the area. Yeah, that Tampa game was painful. Uh, you know, the, the, the Turk to Turk snap uh, that rolled back and we never got to see the kick. And it would have been a matchup in the NFC Championship game between the two best offenses right. in football um, in St. Right. Louis. And the, and the, uh, no, and the worst, and the worst in that game was the, you know, Sean King gets sack fumble right. and the ball, and the ball's on the ground and work done, picks it up and, and runs, runs for 20 for yards. Down. I mean, they, yeah. Yeah. And they, they probably don't win their game. Exactly. They don't win that game if they don't, if they don't convert in that situation. Yeah, that was, that was rough. So what is your father's role right now with you and with the team? Well, you know, he doesn't really have a role with the team. Um, but you know, obviously he's retired. I mean, he's living out in Del Mar in, in California. Um, but just for me personally, um, you know, obviously he's a mentor to me, um, has been my whole life, not even, even when we didn't work together. And then, you know, we worked together for, for years um, in the league and um, but he you know he watches our film uh, he watches our film daily and you know we talk about it all the time and you know he gives me advice on um, you know on, on different things and you know he, he's seen a lot in this league and, and you know there's some things that he'll say that you know that I you know maybe I've missed or you know he'll talk about players that we have and, and the people that you know he, he that they remind him of and things that they, he used to do with those players or you know um just, just, you know, things like that. And, um, and that's, that's good. It's just, you know, more, more people generate ideas. I mean, obviously we have a great coaching staff and, you know, we do a great job working together and I get a great, a lot of ideas from, from the guys here, but just to have him, someone removed, you know, not, not in the building every day, just seeing it from an outsider's uh, perspective um, is really invaluable, especially when you're talking about uh, not only because it's my dad, but just someone with that, that level of expertise and, and, uh, the resume and the accomplishments that that he's had in this league. So that was my interview with Scott Turner from earlier this week on the radio show. There was more to it. Uh, He weighed in on how Sam Howell was doing, the fifth-round pick out of North Carolina, the quarterback. And he also shared with me what his father thought of the team that he's about to coach, the offensive talent that he's about to coach uh, this year. If you want to hear the rest of that interview, uh, go to theteam980.com and click on my show, The Kevin Sheehan Show, uh, and go to Monday. August 1st, uh, and you will find the Scott Turner interview there. You can also download the Odyssey app, which is free to download uh, and listen to that interview uh, in its entirety there. Um, But I did enjoy the conversation uh, with Scott Turner earlier in the week. Up next, uh, you're going to hear a conversation I had earlier in the week with J.I. Halsell about the Kyler Murray situation in Arizona. J.I., longtime agent, former salary cap analyst with the Skins. We'll get to that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. I thought the Kyler Murray situation in Arizona was a real interesting situation uh, from last week. Uh, It got leaked that there was this independent study addendum requiring him to do four hours of additional study each week in preparation for the upcoming opponent. Uh, And then it leaked uh, that that was in the contract and Kyler Murray got upset and the Cardinals pulled it. From the contract, I reached out to J.I. Halsell, who is a good friend. J.I. was a salary cap analyst with the Skins. Uh, he's an NFL agent currently. And I wanted to get his thoughts on the Murray situation with the Cardinals last week. And I started off by just asking him when he first read that this was in Kyler Murray's contract, what was his immediate reaction? My immediate reaction is that it really proved that a lot of the things we read being reported about Kyler Murray's leadership, his character um, over the past year or so must have had some truth to it because anytime, you know, this type of clause gets put into a contract or anytime you look at the different mechanisms in contracts, they tell you 
what the team thinks of the player, not just on the field, but also just holistically. And so, again, when you hear questions about his leadership, questions about his maturity, when, and then you see this type of uh, clause in the contract, it makes you at least think that there was some fire behind that smoke. Yeah, I think that's really important um, that everybody understand or be reminded of, you know, as an example, Charlie Casserly's very, you know, pushed back upon comments right before the 2019 draft when he said that that Kyler Murray garnered some of the worst comments he's ever gotten um, about a highly rated quarterback before. Uh, he said, you know, he mentioned leadership, study habits weren't good, the board work was below um, par. Uh, and Casserly got skewered for that. Um, uh, but he stuck to his guns about the information that he had. And, you know, we remember the playoff game last year where he refused to go back into the game at the end of that Rams game when uh, the Cardinals as a team and Kyler Murray specifically was awful um, in that playoff game. Um, you've been around a, a lot of contracts uh, over the years. Was that totally unique, that kind of an addendum? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that is, and I've been around player contracts for nearly 20 years now, uh, both in the league office, at the skins, on the agent side of the business. So I've seen these deals. That is a unique clause in a deal. Anytime, and, you know, you remember what the penalty would be if, you know, he were to run afoul of the clause. It could void what are substantial guarantees in the deal, and we all know that the guarantees are one of the most important aspects of these deals. So for it to, you know, jeopardize his guarantees tells you how significant it was, at least, for the Cardinals to put this in the deal. Because, again, it is a truly unique clause that I had not seen uh, in nearly 20 years of looking at these deals. It may have been hard to audit, you know, J.I., in terms of really enforcing it. But beyond that, I think everybody in your line of work um, was pretty much taken aback, and it was something that was totally unique. You live out there. I'm not asking you if you know more than anybody else does, but I'm asking you to kind of, with with a hunch, guess you know, how this went down. Because when I read it, the first reaction I had was, you know, what you said about Kyler Murray, probably true, but B... That's not something you should put into a contract with the threat or, or the possibility of it getting out. You got to work with the player. You know, if you're going to sign him to this long term deal, you got to work with him. Um, and you can't put him into a position where this comes out. How do you think it got broached? How do you think it went down? And why did Kyler Murray and his agent decide to sign it? Yeah, I think, you know, like a lot of these contract mechanisms, they are a function of trading between the player agent and the club. So from a club perspective, the conversation is, well, if we're going to make you the second highest paid quarterback from an average per year standpoint, if we're going to give you $160 million guaranteed, well, in exchange for us giving you this windfall, we're going to have to have some protections in this deal that effectively protect our investment in you. And one of those protections is significant per-game roster bonuses because we don't want to pay $160 million guaranteed and you're not on the field. And so when you look at Kyler Murray's deal, you'll see that there are 
years where he has $850,000 that are tied up in his ability to be on the active roster on a weekly basis. Similar, if, if we're going to invest $160 million total guaranteed to you, we've got to know that you are doing everything possible, reasonably speaking, to make sure you are prepared on game days. And so we're going to, we, we would like to put in this independent study clause. And this isn't something that, you know, from a club perspective, they probably sold it, sold it as. Um, this, this isn't anything that we're asking you to do above the norm, but we feel compelled that if we're going to make this investment, we need to make sure that there's some mechanism that ensures we're going to get a return on our significant investment. You think um, I- so that's how the horse trading goes. You think either one of them, like for a moment, considered the possibility of this news coming out and, you know, making, you know, Kyler Murray look bad? Um, I think making the organization look bad as well, but really the position that it's put Kyler Murray in, regardless of whether or not they pulled it from the contract, that's really at this point, you know, um, you know, it's the, the, the horse is out of the barn because NFL fans are going to consider the possibility after every Kyler, uh, Kyler Murray poor effort or poor game that it was because he didn't prepare enough. Like, wh- why didn't they yeah. think this thing through? I mean, this uh, did they think, you're an agent, did they think that this kind of thing would never come out? Well, I think both sides had to have known that given the media world that we live in today, that this, were, this, this clause was going to get out uh, publicly. That being said, I think on both sides of this, and we see this in everyday life as well, when you feel so uh, strongly about something, sometimes it fogs your thinking and allows you to ignore certain aspects that you really truly should be considering before following through on whatever, whatever it is you feel passionately about. In this case, from a club perspective, they felt passionately that they wanted to have this clause in there and it, to a certain degree, made them ignore the public uh, media reaction. On the agent player side of it, it's $160 million total guaranteed. It's 46.1 per year. When, you, when you're on the brink of that type of generational wealth, it can make you ignore all of the considerations that you probably should be thinking of, inclusive of how will an independent clause uh, make me look particularly moving forward if I have a bad game. Um, and so I think on both sides of this, because the, the money was so significant, it made both sides or allowed both sides to truly ignore kind of the media reaction, reaction part of this. We're talking to J.I. Halsell on our BetQL guest hotline. You know, part of me when I saw that they had pulled the addendum last week um, based on him you know, uh, feeling uh, embarrassed really more than anything else that this thing had gotten out there. Part of me thought that really the best course of action would have been for him to say, I'm a big boy. I signed that contract. It's in the contract and I'm going to work my ass off to fulfill it. You're an agent. What kind of advice would you have given him? I don't disagree with your perspective there that, you know, look, you're generationally rich, right? And you, particularly as a quarterback, as a leader of a franchise, you learn, you should have learned certain levels of diplomacy, right? And to your point, if you take the high road here and say, look, you know, 
from my perspective, I don't have any concerns about my study habits, but obviously the club felt like there needed to be some improvement in that area. I'll show them that, you know, um, I'm going to, I'll get better, even though I don't see it as a concern. Um, and you know, for me that I'm not scared of me losing my guarantees as a result, that's taking the high road, right? And that's putting this thing to bed by not addressing it or by passive aggressively, uh, pushing back against it. You're only adding fuel to the fire, right? And we saw that this thing became a raging inferno over the past week. Warren Moon told TMZ um, over the weekend that it was, quote, a slap in the face to all African-American quarterbacks. It's something we were always accused of back in the day when they didn't let us play, that we were lazy, that we didn't study, that we couldn't be leaders, that we weren't smart. So all of those different things just kind of came to the surface after we all put that stuff to bed over the years and just because of this deal and that and what's going on between Arizona and Kyler, closed quote. Do you agree with that? statement from him yeah 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 I, i've i've read warren's uh statement and i don't disagree i think um you know perception management is a big part of athletes black white or whatever right and um when we think about the history of black quarterbacks and we think about the successes that black quarterbacks have had when you see a, a clause like this put into a quarterback's contract who happens to be black um it it makes it a further obstacle from a perception management standpoint. That being said, sometimes perception is reality. And we've just talked about how there have been hints that Kyler has some of these character issues, perhaps, right? And then you see this clause in the contract, and um, I think the challenge becomes is, you know, we don't want to see clauses or things like this put into contracts when they're not warranted, Right. And I think that's the bigger thing we want to be careful of. But um, no, you know, from a perception management standpoint, this is something that could uh, be a challenge uh, for black quarterbacks as they go through the um, scouting process and hope to come into uh, the NFL. Yeah. Um, Thank you, as always, uh, for your perspective on this. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, as always. All right, that's it for today. I'm going to have something else for you tomorrow, yeah, on Saturday uh, to listen to as well.